1: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
0: What time is it?
2: It's groaning time! Excuse me. Couldn't get to the cough button there in time. I just didn't notice. Uh, did you just put on your Cubs World Series ring? <laughs> it feels good. And I know how much you hate and the fact that I got a ring. Yeah, the Hall of Famer, one of the greatest middle linebackers in Bears history, indeed. Down here with Mike Singletary. Did you see Die Hard?
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I did too. That was awesome. Thanks for taking the
2: time. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Samurai, thought Mark Rody. Hey, Cordero, can I get a couple minutes with you here, All man? I ain't to talking today, man. I'm sorry. Okay. So it's been kind of a devastating day for me with with uh, Baba and then the bird. So, Bubby. Bobby, and when the Patriots took a three to no. nothing lead, when I thought they took no, the, no, no, no,
1: no. LS, the Bears were America's team. What are you talking about? The, no, they weren't. The no, Bears. they weren't. Everybody, yeah, sure they hit, were. yeah, they were. Everybody,
0: you weren't down there. I was.
1: Mark
2: Grody. Oh, here I am, unmuted. There it is. Oh, hi, Mark. Mark Grody on six seventy. The score. It is a Mark Grody show. I drop in whenever necessary, and it is necessary that you guys get a lot of Bears talk today over the next four hours as you are doing whatever it is that you do the day after Thanksgiving. So it is great to be here with you on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. I will be here with you until 2 p.m. Cesar Perez is my producer today today. He has already housed a paper plate of leftover Thanksgiving food, which is amazing. Isn't that what you're supposed to do today? Absolutely. Hey, I, I thought I was just, you know, no, playing it's like the first thing I saw. You were the first human that I interacted with today. And it was with a plate of Thanksgiving food right in front of you as you were just like, okay, gotcha, gotcha, got gotcha. I got to eat this food, man. Gotcha.
0: I, I have to admit, when I was grabbing the leftovers this morning, that the thought came across of, should I grab enough in case someone sees me and I can offer them some, but oh. it just the time just didn't permit. And I apologize, Cody. The time just didn't permit.
2: <laughs> I thought about it, but then I couldn't and I didn't really want to. So, hey, It's that time of the year. It's the thought that counts, Cesar. So, uh, Cesar Perez with us until 2 o'clock today. Jim Miller will be with me for a couple hours starting at 11 o'clock this morning. Jim Miller, of course, the former Chicago Bears quarterback and does all sorts of things. Locally, the pre- and post-show over on Fox 32, which he does with Anthony Heron. And Lou Canellas, Lou is going to be on the score later on today with Gabriel Ramirez as well. But I'm looking forward to talking to Jim Miller uh, between 11 o'clock and 1 o'clock Bears. And he also did. I know as I was driving home from Hallis Hall, I clicked on the, the very entertaining Detroit Buffalo game. And I'll be damned if it wasn't Jim Miller broadcasting the game. So... It was at that point that I realized Jim Miller might not be in the studio with me today, but Jim Miller will be in Michigan. He will uh, he could tell us about those Detroit Lions and any insights from the, the NFL games yesterday as well, but the bulk of it will be us talking about the Bears. I was in the locker room uh, yesterday. I had a really good talk with Chase Claypool, who I know is past Justin Fields, is a person of interest in a big way for Bears fans. I like to rank like what trends the most for Bears fans, what they are most interested in, or what gets their attention most. It's Justin Fields, number one, with the bullets. But there's lots of spaces for number two, and I think Chase Claypool is probably right there, and it's just about the low volume of Chase Claypool so far, considering you gave up a second-round pick to get Chase Claypool considering the talent that exists, the expectations for him, and they should be, are high, and th- there hasn't been a-, a strong return yet. But we'll take a deep breath with Chase Claypool. The The, the full interview will air tomorrow morning on uh, WBBM for the official pregame show on the Bears radio network in the 9 o'clock hour, but I'll play a little bit of it for you later on, just give you an idea of what Chase Claypool is thinking about the low targets and the pressure that he might be feeling and what he's hearing from the outside and what he's even thinking about next year. So we'll get into that in a little bit. And then Jalen Johnson, as always, very entertaining yesterday. there's There's the breakdown of their offense and then what he said about the quarterback for the New York Jets, Mike White was very entertaining. So we will get to that. And we're open here today, by the way. Cesar Perez will take your calls on the other side of the glass, put them right through to me. You are welcome. We are open. The phone lines are open for you. 312-644-6767, the number 312-644-6767. Anything goes Bears-wise here today until 2 o'clock. You could also text us as people are doing. The top text I see right now just says Bears. 312-644-6767 is the text number as well. I will check Twitter periodically, at Mark Grody Sports. That's Mark with a K, G-R-O-T-E. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook if you want to do it like that as well. So what is today? Because I know everybody's out of whack. This has been a relatively normal week of practice for the Bears. They've you know changed some times They went easy one day, so it's been, you know, in terms of practice, they haven't been overwhelmingly hard on the guys during the practices. But here's what's going on today, because this will be the last day that we will be able to collect intelligence on whether or not Justin Fields plays. The Bears are scheduled to practice at 1230 today, and the head coach, I'm just looking at it right here, Matt Eberflus, will then speak at 140. So it is right around the 140 time, a little bit earlier when we will get the final designations for the week on the injury report. And right now Justin Fields is living limited. He is a limited quarterback in practice. That is the designation. So still down the the, the word out at Halis Hall is he is down as day to day. And again, as I was telling Espo during transition, if you didn't hear it, it, being out at the practice yesterday, yes, the portion that we got to see the, the you know five to ten minutes or so, Justin Fields was you know taking first team reps like in warmups, and this is just a very casual, nothing really organized, nothing to see here drill that the Bears were doing. But but I did see, and it's on my Twitter the video at Mark Grody Sports. You could see it too if you'd like. Justin Fields rolling out and throwing passes under no stress, not going full speed. Uh, so it's impossible to use that and correlate it to, yeah, Justin Fields is going to play, but he's practicing. You know, they weren't kidding about that. That is there. I don't think he's going to play in the game, and I don't think that he should. And I there's a, I think there was some tells earlier this week, actually, that even though you know this is this is Wednesday when Justin Fields spoke, and obviously improvement can be made between Wednesday and Sunday. I'm sure improvement will be made between Wednesday and Sunday. But he was so transparent that day about how he was feeling, even even just giving up the the injury. Like yo, dude, I got a separated shoulder, partially torn ligament, AC, oh AC joint. Ooh. It got scary when, when that was thrown out there, the AC joint. Uh, and then he said, straight up, straight up, could have played the game. I would not be able to play today. I wouldn't be able to play today. He could have, If he wanted to play the game, if he wanted to play the game, Justin Fields very easily at that point could have just said, yeah, no, no, we'll see. We'll see how I'm feeling. No, said, I would not be able to play today. Okay. And then he said, what about the pain? Um, He could have said, we'll see. I'm not really sure. But no, he said, no, no, it hurts, man. It it hurts my throwing motion. Yo, it hurts. When I hand off, it hurts. So he is admitting his pain. He's admitting his pain in the throwing motion, even though it's the left shoulder. So he's telling everybody, teaching us. He's informing us, which we all appreciate. And you should appreciate, too. So, and, And he also talked about not sacrificing for not sacrificing this game for the good of his, the rest of his season or, you know, in his off season. So it just sounds like, and, and, you know, I I do reserve the tiny bit of possibility that there is the, wow, I feel like wakes up tomorrow. And he's like, I am not feeling what I was feeling, but I don't think he's going to play. And I, I don't think that he should play. And it's not just the shoulder. It's not just the shoulder, it's it's this legs thing too, and you know he get the he has the tired legs one week, and then he is on the sideline throughout a lot of that game stretching out with the the cramping. So if nothing else, he could the guy could use a, a day off, j- just a week off, and then get him back in there. I will say that the Bears have done a a masterful job this week. Of of playing the game, oh, Maddie, like there has not been a really good leak. You know, there are some indications, and you can tell a little bit where things might be going, but I don't have that intel at this moment. Who knows? Maybe by the end of the show, we will, and we'll definitely have a an update. Let's just put it that way. We'll have an update, which will occur on this show, probably about uh, one forty or sh- or so. Three one two six forty four. Sixty-seven, sixty-seven is the number. I do want to talk to the people today, so let's get it going here. Let's start it off with uh, Dan in Galesburg. Hello, Dan. You're on the score. Hey, Mister Grody. It's great to talk to you after listening to you on the radio for so long. Well, thank you. Never call. <laughs> so, I appreciate. Uh, we were
1: talking about a play as driving home from Thanksgiving trip, and about that uh, Vikings Patriots game where the the Breaking the plane with the ball at the goal line and bodies and sure. all kinds of stuff, and it, we get those all the time. And the refs kind of make the right decision. I think everybody on the on the broadcast team thought they'd made the wrong decision. Because I started thinking after that, driving down the road, and I thought, you know, all the players like Cohen, all these guys, they're they're five yards, ten yards away from everybody, and they're running down into a touchdown, and they launch themselves from like the three yard line, fly into the air, they fall, and the ball goes flying somewhere. And I'm thinking, well. It, Technically, wouldn't they have to kind of go through the the ground also? And so it obviously made that call wrong. I just wondered what everybody thought of that. I'll I'll hang up in them.
2: Thank you, man. I, I appreciate the call. I have to I have to admit, I did not see the play because I was busy eating turkey at the time. So <laughs> I, I will I will find it. Look at it. I've got some details on the games, but I kind of got shut out on a bunch of those. Just that do, doing my due diligence, reading, but not having seen it, I am not going to weigh on in on that right now. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven from the eight one five. Just save him for Green Bay. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I look at it as save him for Green Bay. I look at it, it, it as for Justin Fields, one game is probably uh, enough. Like, I, I don't need – and I know it, it's it's a real neat package. If he sits out this week, then you sit him out for the Green Bay game, and then you have the bye week. So that's that's a nice three weeks off. But because of what we have seen this year, we if you've watched every single Bears game, and I know that you probably have watched every single Bears game, we have seen almost almost different story from Justin Fields in every game this season. And mostly, mostly – in the name of progress relative to the beginning of the season. So it's really valuable to have every single moment you can on the field. Like I that is the truth about Justin Fields and this developing quarterback that he's getting ripped off if he in terms of his development missing any games. So if you can minimize him minimize them the days off, the the games off there is still so much to do this year like i am looking forward to seeing even more develop like what's next and we all know what should be next and that is throwing the football so i'm i am not down with the the just for the sake of it yeah just just take, make sure you're okay take take 3 weeks off don't do it if you don't need it because what bears what those bears fans actually need is to know by the end of this season that justin fields is going to be a really good quarterback for a lot of years, and we're halfway there. I think we're halfway there to making that official official. It feels pretty good right now, doesn't it? It feels right. It does, based on some of the spectacular things that we have seen Justin Fields do with his leg. So it's like that half is meaningful. It's very meaningful. Just a little more now, just a little more, and I think that that can be accomplished in this season. I mean, I think that that is very possible. I also think that I was thinking about this yesterday. I was in the in the locker room and the Bears are 3 and 8. 3 and 8. It's November. Holidays are coming. This is when in past years with the Bears that when they are 3 and 8 and I'm sure we could go back in time and find a lot of Bears 3 and 8 records. And the tune out started. The apathy would begin. That's a big word around here when the Bears go bad in November. And it's not happening right now. This is the most captive audience that I've ever seen for, a th- I think, I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's other examples of Bears teams that were interesting and fascinating even though you didn't have wins <laughs> even though you were bad the the season was interesting and i'm trying to think off the top of my head right now if there is ever you know i imagine and again i was young but i imagine there probably were some like go this go way back some walter payton years where the Bears were worth watching or, quote, entertaining because you had... There were a lot of years when Walter Payton played for the Bears that the Bears sucked. You know, late 70s, early, early 80s. They were bad. So I imagine that that was probably a pretty good show for Bears fans, but there is nothing like in 2022 thinking that it is very possible. Guess what? little secret here. Bears might have a quarterback. So... That is worth the price of admission for a 3-8 and team, a 3-9 and team, a 3-10 and team. So in order to keep all of our attention and for the sake of Justin Fields and for the sake of the franchise, give him one game off and then put him in against the Green Bay Packers.
0: I, for one, said thank you uh, to God for the Bears having a quarterback yesterday at my Thanksgiving prayer as a family. I don't know about you. <laughs>
2: I I um no that didn't happen, but yeah, if I would really been in the right headspace, I probably would have been like, "Can we just take a moment?" I mean, folks, I know that we're there's a lot to be thankful for. We got a crazy world, but can we please just take a quick moment and like Justin Fields? Okay, what he has done to revive the hopes of everybody in this just just thank you, thank you to Justin Fields. But yeah, it's real. The so, Bears are three and eight, and I. You can't take your eyes off them. I'm not allowed to take my eyes off of them, but I probably wouldn't take my eyes off them even if I didn't do what I did. So it really is fascinating. And if you could think of, like, if you're a long-time Bears fan or not a short-time Bears fan, if you could think of a time when the Bears were this bad and this interesting. Like, really, the the interesting part of the Bears heavily outweighs the bad part of the Bears. Nobody's talk. There hasn't been a lot of rants in this town about the Bears being three and eight. The Bears are three and eight. They should be better. They should not no, that's not happening. There's there is a different way of analyzing the Chicago Bears this year than really. Again, I don't remember it ever being like this. 312, 644, 67, 67 is the number. Coming up, we will hear from Jalen Johnson. And we will also hear from Chase Claypool, both of whom I spoke to yesterday, both of whom were both interesting and entertaining. And your calls at 312-644-6767 at Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We're back live with more Mark Brody on 670 The Score
0: in Odyssey Station.
2: Damn, man, Jim Miller is going to join me starting at 11 o'clock. Former Bears quarterback, local host, national host. We'll be talking Bears with Jim Miller Starting at 11 o'clock. A lot of good text messages coming in here. 312-644-6767. 708, Grody, it's early and the team is bad. If Fields isn't playing in December, you're going to see a lot of no-shows at Soldier Field. West Loop, Tom. Yeah, I agree with that. Absolutely. There ha- I got to tell you, like the- these home games for the Bears this year, they have been jam-packed. The fans have come in early. and I- I'm not trying to sell anything. Trust me. They they've come in early. the the, the backest rows are are jammed and filled. People are interested. People are very interested in in Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears team. And I there it's there's not too many examples of Bears football where the team was three and eight and the attention was this intense with the Chicago Bears. Three one two, that was almost your Tom Tunney. <laughs> I was actually thinking that because <laughs> when I do a disingenuous rant like I did earlier, that's what I was saying. Like, nobody cares. Nobody is getting on behind these microphones and getting mad at the Bears. I can't believe they're
1: three and eight. I see you, Grody.
2: So, yeah, it did turn into a little bit of a Tom Tom, who incidentally, very, very disappointed to hear that he is not running for mayor. You know, I would have been right there. I could have revived Tom Tunney, and we all would have known about garage action. We would have all known about that. Um, oh, here's, a, here's another really good text here. Before we get to uh, Chase Claypool and Jalen Johnson, and your calls, too. I see you guys. I see you guys. If you're on hold, I will get to you. I promise. From 630, not just in Peyton's days, but when they had Butkus and Sayers but otherwise terrible, it was riveting watching. Great example. Great example. And that yeah, that predates me, but I I should have been able to come up with that as an example. That's very good. Yeah, I imagine that if you went to Bears games in the 60s and 70s when those guys were playing, Doug Buffon for that matter, and they sucked, it was still maybe it was worth the price of admission to see Dick Butkus and Gail Sayers play. I imagine it went insane with... Walter Payton. And that's kind of like where my first sports consciousness goes is to you know you know seventy nine through present you know in terms of like sports that that I remember. So those are all really good examples right there. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven is the number. I was just looking at a uh, just just some you know this Chase Claypool and all the stories being written about him in in Pittsburgh. You know, and this one just popped out here on my phone from something called Steelers Depot. I'm just looking at headlines and it just the Chase Claypool trade keeps looking better for Pittsburgh because of the low volume of Chase Claypool so far with the Chicago Bears. It's always dangerous when when a media or a team proclaims victory early in a trade. That's a dangerous thing to do. For some reason, my brain goes to, this wasn't a trade, but it was a decision that was made. The Bears decided to, or excuse me, the Cubs decided to sign Yu Darvish and let Jake Arrieta go, who was subsequently signed by the Philadelphia Phillies, had a terrific start with the Phils, and I remember how dreadful Yu Darvish was. But in the end, I would say that the cubs actually got the better of that the cubs just because of the the brilliant season that you darvish gave you a couple that it was that that's a win of the trade when everybody thought the early returns were going to be for Jake Arrieta but then Tom Ricketts traded Jake Arrieta and, or traded you darvish and don't get me started on all that but so i think it's dangerous so yesterday i was in the locker room and i saw Chase Claypool, and I decided to talk to him and bring up some of these quote-unquote issues about his play, and everybody's talking about it, but everybody wants more from him. But what I found out from Chase Claypool, and this is just a snippet of a full interview that will play tomorrow on WBBM in the 9 o'clock hour on the Bears radio network, but I got the feeling from listening to him that he's hearing it, but he's remaining patient. Here's Chase Claypool.
3: Yeah, like, I'm not really trying to put, you know, all these, like, External pressure is like, oh, you know, people are like looking at the stats, looking at my targets, and like a lot of people could look at, like, I could look at that and be like, oh, yeah, you know, I wish I had more. I wish I had more targets, but like, why do that? I don't care what my numbers are. I don't care how many targets I get. I don't care how many yards I get. I just really want to win. Do
2: you ever think about looking forward to starting? with this team from the beginning of a season training yeah. camp.
3: I'm super excited for, like, it's weird to say, but I'm super excited for OTAs and uh, being able to get that full year in because there's a, my my whole route tree is different. You know, it's harder, it's a little harder to run the route you never ran before.
2: So that's a little taste of Chase Claypool right there. The, the full interview will air on WBBM tomorrow in the, in the nine, in the first half of the, the nine o'clock hour. And that was the part in the back of my head that that really I wanted to get to was how forward are you looking to having a full season with this team, with Justin Fields, a training camp, to figure it out? Because like, there's going to be some nice moments for Chase Claypool still this year. But the offense that he has been placed into – I mean, he's admitting it, too, that you know he doesn't have the whole playbook down. But the offense that he has been put into requires – and we talked about this early in the interview – that it requires a lot of attention to blocking and other assignments because of what the Bears' offense is. The Bears' offense is run the football. Justin Fields, run the football. David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, Tristan em- run the football. And so that drastically changes what receivers are doing on individual plays, whether decoys, whether blocking. That's why you see Equinemius St. Brown out there because he is a good blocker. So I got the sense that, just from talking to him yesterday, and we talked for a long time, you know, I'm, I can only use so much of the interview, but I got the feeling that he has been sort of like, hey, it's all good, man. Like, we know this is a process. We're going to get you in here more, and you're going to learn more. And, <laughs> You know, he he still is a player who has just been dropped into a locker room in the middle of the season. And I'm I'm with everybody. Like I hear you guys. That's why I talk to Chase Claypool, because I, I hear you guys, I see you guys on social media. When his name comes up, people are not necessarily angry with him, but like what what's going on? Why aren't they throwing to Chase Claypool? And I, I got a better idea of where they all stand with it yesterday 312 644 let's get through some of these phone calls starting with rich my buddy rich in old town how you doing man
3: hey mark it's been a while it has been uh, no I've, uh, i'm trying to set a record for uh, surgical procedures i've been uh i'm on my 11th now jesus and, uh, yeah previous spinal injury oh man so i yeah, I've been in and out of the house. I'm having to go in again in December 22nd for another procedure.
2: oh so, well, yeah, hang yeah, in there, Rich.
3: I'm hey, I'm all right. You know, I've proven you can't kill me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's good for my girlfriend or not. When I told her that, she she kind of had mixed feelings when I told her. That. Oh,
2: really? You better be careful, man. I don't I don't want to see you popping up in the next uh, the true crime Netflix series, Rich in well, Old Town. Hey,
3: well, yeah, if that happens, uh, I'll I'll text you her name.
2: So, you know, they, okay. we should, yeah, maybe we'll be on it. Yeah, you know, maybe do that now. Like maybe precautionary, <laughs> just just telling exactly. hey, Rich, want... tell an adult, okay? Yeah,
3: yeah. Well, anyway, hey, look, here's what I want. I got two things for you, and I wanted to get your your comment because I know you're a savvy football yeah, guy,
2: savvy. Uh, yeah.
3: What I listened to Claypool, and there's two things that I think. Well, first of all, and I told your producer this. I think he could easily fall into the Jason Hayward. Grandall trabisky syndrome, where you take a look at a guy that's a talented guy, but the fans in this town, if you're overpaid and overpriced and don't produce, they tend to look at you differently. And he really needs to avoid that. The other thing that will save him, because I thought this was hilarious, and you will probably know this, the Bears have four Notre Dame starters. hmm yep. So, so you got a lot of fans in this town that are domers. That will give him probably the benefit of the doubt. They wouldn't give another guy, given that the preponderance of Notre Dame players. This is like Notre Dame West. Mm-hmm. The Bears lost. Yeah. Yeah. So that that might help. Yeah. Uh, uh, the other thing I want, I wanted to mention to you is you know me I like I like wagering, and uh, I had talked to a couple of ex-Bears who you know I won't mention their name on the radio, but when I was asking them on Monday based on the beating that Fields took. It looked to me because I've had four shoulder operations, and I know what a separated shoulder and torn ligaments means. It's very serious and could require surgery. But there's no chance on Monday that I thought he'd play. So the line on that game was four on Monday. It's six and a half now. So I think the boys in the desert know he's not going to play.
2: Mm. Yeah,
3: it's a big move. Big yeah. move in the NFL. You know, for that to happen.
2: Yeah,
3: Uh, and. You I'm not anti-Bear, but you got to look at a value proposition when you see one. If you can lay four and not six and a half, you're in pretty good shape. And, and, you know, without without him, he's 75% of the Bears offense. So, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't know
2: how you make that up. Yeah. Rich, thank you very much for the call. I, I do appreciate it. But, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. And, again, like I said, that. Matt, Matt Eberflus speaks at 140 today, so we'll be able to at least read between. I, I'm guessing he's going to be a game time decision. This is my guess. The Bears practice at noon today, and I I will keep you guys abreast of what is going on out at Hallis Hall today. I got people there, so we'll we'll let you know. But I don't know. It doesn't seem it. None, none of it adds up to him playing in this game. As far as Chase Claypool, that yeah, the expectations are heavy. It, and not just because, not just with the bear, like since he's come into the NFL, they were heavy with Pittsburgh. They're going to be heavy with the bears. And it's because of his natural gifts, his crazy speed, his size, his strength, the fact that he was acquired by the bears for a number two pick, the Notre Dame thing does add a layer of something. I don't know exactly how to quantify the Notre Dame part of it. I think some of it is, some of it is benefit of the doubt, like. You see it with Cole Komet. Now, Cole Komet is becoming a force, but it's kind of been a revelation year for him. But, you know, Notre Dame guy, local guy, same with Chase Claypool, you know, Sam Mustafer, Equinemia St. Brown, the other guys. So there is I, – I, I don't know how to quantify the Notre Dame factor, but I, I jotted it down. And so I think the bottom line is about Chase Claypool is that he is still, just in general, he's still expected to be a great player, you know, like – when you have those types of physical traits and abilities, and some of the numbers that he has put up in his career, there is an expectation with with a guy like that. But I guess what I learned yesterday, and you know, not learned literally, but what I kind of accepted or came to, to terms with is, you know, th- this trade could take until next year to really blossom and show itself, and in training camp, when we're sitting in the stands on fields three and four and covering these practices, I have a feeling we're going to be calling Chase Claypool's number a lot. But, you know, that's standby for it. But that's just the feeling I got. Let's go to Daryl in Fredsri- Fredericksburg, Virginia. We're going to Virginia, Caesar, What's up, that's Daryl? Right, Mark. How you doing?
0: I'm doing Don't great, Daryl. How are all right, all right. I wanted to talk about early on when they decided to to take the uh, the right tackle at the time. I think it was uh, Kevin Jenkins and move him, kick him inside. Uh huh. Are we sure, Mark? Are we totally sure that Kevin wasn't better than Bora at right tackle? <laughs> That's a great and they question. They just made a mistake, huh? And they just made a mistake. Yeah. And stuck with the mistake. Ryan, Pol- I like. Don't get me wrong. I like Ryan Poles, but if he's the best offensive um, um you know lineman that we have i think he's still better than Borum and so why not kick maybe they got it wrong why not kick Borum hmm. at uh, left guard and hmm. move Leatherwood over there at the other guard spot or whatever just mix it up some yeah that, that's my thought huh. on this offensive line and um and uh, on uh fields i think the bears fans are right to want to see the passing game start to um uh, take off a little bit, not much because, um, we, we want it to develop correctly. You know, That's we want, mm-hmm. you know, Claypool to develop co- correctly so that we really know what we have. And And I'm optimistic that the passing game will take off. And if that happens, you know, I think what the bears fans and me, me also, we, we, we know we'll have something cooking. We Amen. Know we'll, we'll have a, a, a jerk uh, <laughs> with fields able to run and pass. And once that comes, and to play, we just work on that defense. Pick up that that uh, what pass rusher from Alabama. Sure, you know because we'll be leading in games instead of uh, trying to catch up. Yeah, but that's that's my thoughts, Daryl. It's a Daryl. Th-
2: thank you so much for the call. It's there's some really good stuff. I actually want to start with the brought up an interesting point. Like, yeah, yeah maybe because Tevin Jenkins was a right tackle in college. That right? that was the position that he played the most. The idea when he came here was to be Charles Leno Jr., He'd be the left tackle. I don't need to recount all that. But as it's turned out this year, Tevin Jenkins has been on the inside. Larry Borum's been on the outside. Borum has essentially been benched now for Riley Reef. But then you think, does Tevin Jenkins deserve another shot at right tackle or at tackle, period? Not like Braxton Jones has had a great year. So. But that also goes back to the to one of the questions that I asked probably the most asked question, at least from my standpoint, this because remember, Tevin Jenkins was a big story in the preseason. What is the fatal flaw about Tevin Jenkins' game that apparently the Bears did not like him at the tackle position? And everybody was surmised, like was is it did they just is it a personal thing? Do they not like Tevin is he injured and yeah you know, as it turned out he he was there was an injury but that was not that was separate from that was not causal for moving to the inside but and that and that's the I still don't have that answer like I mean they they talk around it in terms of you know we've asked the question what was it about Tevin Jenkins that you preferred him to be on the inside as opposed to the outside but that that's what they that's what they decided as a scouting staff that Tevin Jenkins was more comfortable and a better fit on the inside. Now, he has been a good guard. He has been good at that. So they're half right. That doesn't mean he does he can't play tackle unless that's what the Bears have decided. So so that's an interesting that's an interesting question right there because that would be that'd be huge, like going into next year. Like if they if they could if Tevin Jenkins was capable of playing right tackle, that that would be because it's not gonna probably not gonna be Riley Reef next year, nor is it going to be it's starting to look like they have lost faith in Larry Borum, and I don't know where they stand with Braxton Jones. Obviously, th- that is that is a guy who they have really put some faith and force behind going into this year. Braxton Jones, the, the fifth rounder, but I think everything is open on the offensive line. But that's an interesting question or interesting thought about uh, Tevin Jenkins. I like that three one two. 644 67, 67 I've got to take a break. Top of the hour. Jim Miller will join me. We'll get to more of your calls and texts coming up here. I'm Mark Grody on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We're back live with more Mark Grody on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. I'm here with you until 2 o'clock on The Score. Jim Miller going to join me at 11, and I get two hours with the former Chicago Bears quarterback. He was one of the broadcasters for the – the Detroit game yesterday, which the the Buffalo Bills won on a field goal against Detroit, so he can uh, tell us all about those Lions. Too bad Lions could have been five and six instead; they're four and seven on their season. They the, they were in danger of winning four straight games. <laughs> the Detroit Lions, we are talking about. Um, shout out to our good friend, fellow Odyssey employee, former scorer guy Joe Bartosh, because. He reminded me that today is Friday and that the Bears don't play tomorrow. I can't, my, this is the season. Like, this is one of, like one of the hardest days of the year to know what day it is for somebody like me who typically is working through the holidays, but I should be at Halice Hall, but I'm here. So it feels like a Saturday. So that's, uh, so please bear with me if that happens again. Let's go to Rich in Displays. Hello, Rich, you're on the score.
1: Hey Mark, um, my question is about Tevin Jenkins. He hasn't been playing the past two weeks. Is he hurt, or is he going to be playing this week, or what?
2: Well, it's a good question. We did talk to Tevin Jenkins yesterday, and he said that he feels a hundred percent, but he is still limited in practice. So that is a decision that the Bears will probably make today. And I don't know that we are going to learn unless you know he has taken off the injury report. So. At this point, I don't know. Probably might be Michael Schofield again. We'll see though. Um and I we had a texture that was asking the the same thing. From the 630, why acquire guys like Harry, that'd be Nikhil Harry and Leatherwood, Alex Leatherwood, if you're not going to give them a chance to see what they have. That's interesting. I think I mean we we know that there is a numbers game going on at wide receiver, I think this goes back to the what the Bears' offense is. And if you are a – let's just talk about Nikhil Harry. If you are a wide receiver in this offense, there are certain things that you have to be able to do that, yes, catching the football is in your job description. But if you're going to be part of this offense – you also have to show that you can make blocks, and that's why I know a lot of people. Are, what, what's you know, what's Equanimius doing? Because he he is a good all around receiver in that regard, the ability to block. So you can guess that that Nikhil Harry is not completely up to date or as effective in doing what they want done out on the field. You're going to see more Nikhil Harry. You will see him catch passes for the Bears this year. And also, honestly, I mean, the the Bears took him on a, on a flyer, a the, the former, you know, first round pick with the Patriots. You know the story, and to them, it was, a, you know, as as we say, a cheap lottery ticket. So the Bears weren't the Bears aren't. He's not a guy that's necessarily going to get the benefit of the doubt because they're making decisions on him now. I don't know if they've made a decision on Nikhil Harry, but that's what they're in the process of doing. And if he doesn't fit in. He doesn't fit in. A Alex Leatherwood thing. Another, you know, similar story. Former first round pick. I, I just don't know what he is capable of right now, or what in terms of language and where he fits in. And obviously, they are not comfortable with him right now for whatever reason. And that's not something that the Bears are going to share with us. But they are more comfortable still, like in terms of depth. We have seen it with Riley Reef and Michael Schofield. Those are the guys that they are comfortable with. Lucas Patrick out for the rest of the season. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, eventually we might see that. And part of it, too, is like when we just talk about when we kind of frivolously throw out the idea of, oh, yeah, just put him in there. Put Alex, throw him, see what he can do. Well, what he can do is get your quarterback killed. <laughs> like, if it's not good. And I don't know, maybe Alex Leatherwood is is terrific. I'm not saying that that, that, he, that would happen. But that's the fear of just, just throw put
1: him in, put Nikhil Harry in
2: there. No, you're you're trying to develop a quarterback with everything else that you are doing. And if you want, because we we're all screaming, does Justin Fields have a fair chance to, you know, show us that he's the number one quarterback considering the lack of skill players around him? That's example number one. So don't just throw guys in right now because you are actually trying to build something. This is not like the year before rebuild where, okay, come on down. Come on, everybody. Come on off the bat. Kind of like the last year with Matt and Aggie. Come on down. Who, who's, you know, who are the undrafted free agent? Come on, in, put everybody in. doesn't matter at this point. It it does matter. And there is a place for that. There is a place for that theory of just play guys. Let them, let's see what they can do. And guess what? The bears have, have done that from the beginning of the season. Braxton Jones, is an example of we're just going to put him in there and we're going to see what happens and the results have been volatile you know they have been wildly up and down for for Braxton Jones they have done that with Jaquan Brisker and i would say that that's you know a thumbs up for the most part kyler gordon has been up and down absolutely rough rough start to his but they are letting him play through it so there are examples on this team offensively and defensively where they are doing that and choosing to do it based on their intelligence, their scouting. But that is is—it's not just going to happen willy-nilly where they're just kind of picking names out of a hat and throwing them in there or because, oh, let's just see what this guy can do. Now there needs to be a little bit, a little bit more care put into it. From the 779, who comments about Justin Fields? In my opinion, if you play Justin before he's completely healed, you run the risk of damaging the ligament even more. One more win is not worth the risk. I feel strongly about that. Secondly, I think there are certain players on certain teams' uh, defense that have taken it uh, into themselves, into their heads, to show Justin. So you think you're a tough guy, huh? I'll show you what tough is. Well, I that part of it, I, I disagree with that part. I, I understand what you're saying but when justin fields took a couple of late hits in the preseason remember i mean that did not even into the regular season but in the preseason there were players that apologized to justin fields and justin told me that the reason they apologized is because they don't like this was early but they didn't he didn't appear to give off an indication that he was going to slide cuz justin comes at you powerfully powerfully and fast and so, a defender sees that coming and he doesn't see a sign of him going down, he's going to take a licking. And there are players that have actually apologized to Justin Fields. Now, that was preseason. So, that definitely gives it a little bit of a different look. And then, as far as running the risk of damaging the ligament even more, yeah. I, like, whenever I hear can't do any more damage, like you're not going to do any more damage to it. So, you could, it's up to you. Of course, you can do more damage to it, right? It's the AC, So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I will. I will. I, I am a doctor. I have decided that I, I will tell you, you can hurt it more. I mean, how can you not? 312-644-6767 is the number. I am late for a break because after the break, we are going to bring in Jim Miller, and we will continue to tell Bears. We will continue to take your calls. Luke Getze and Alan Williams both said some interesting things. Got, in, got pretty deep into the X's and O's with, uh, with Luke Getze yesterday. So great for Jim Miller to break that down. And your calls at 312-644-6767. I'm Mark Grody. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.